0: Yes, this is the Narbos and Broomheads podcast, but we are taking a break from reviewing Degrassi episodes. We're going to shift our focus to my so-called life over the next few months. We hope you'll stick around for this journey. If you want to touch base with us, all of the same social media at Narbos podcast on Twitter, at Narbos and Broomheads podcast on Instagram, and Narbos and Broomheads at gmail.com. If you want to talk to us about my so-called life or come on to an episode. Please let us know. We will get back to Degrassi episodes after we're done reviewing My So-Called Life in a few months. Don't fear, though, if you're missing that content, we've got well over 150 episodes of Degrassi reviews for you. Head over to anywhere where you listen to your podcasts and go back into our history. Hope you enjoy them, and hopefully you'll enjoy our reviews of My So-Called Life. Let's do it.
1: Santa
2: I gotta host the show okay <laughs> well well hello all you radical narvos and fly broomheads. welcome back to our substitute podcast of my so-called life uh folly t here you're gonna pop my hosting cherry tonight and fortunately for me we don't have any other substitutes and most of our regular gangs here uh courtney i believe is away uh calling bingo numbers and from what I gather, Barry might be actually be broken down on the side of a road with his car. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
2: So uh, let's see who else is with us tonight. I'm going to throw it all the way out to my home skillet, the vagina in Regina.
1: Hey, it's me, Arlo, coming to you from Regina, Saskatchewan. And I guess I'm doing okay today. I've had a mild but pervasive headache for the last two days. So oh. it's obnoxious, uh, but I'm okay. I took a COVID test, and apparently it's not COVID. Um, are you feeling any better this week, Teddy?
3: Uh, I'm coming around. It's progressive. It's every day is a little bit better. I do admit it's getting better. As that band who we all love, Paul and the Boys, <laughs> 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 said many years ago that. What I just said. So, yeah, Doobie I'm, doobie I'm getting do. Good do be do not today not tonight sir paul not tonight so is this thrown to me now yeah yes oh good i <laughs> perfection all right yeah i'm tad hi uh i got bitches in the living room get it on and by bitches i mean my lovely female dog linda and my lovely cat sugar the cat and by getting it on, I mean sleeping. <laughs> so that's what's going on here in my house. Um, let's throw it on all the way over to uh, Winnipeg. Oh no, not to Winnipeg. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, sure. Let's go down. Okay, can I can I get your house from the Gardner Expressway? No, no. Oh shoot. Okay. Um, let's take the, the four o. Let's take the the Pay Highway because I'm rich. Four o seven. I mean, kind of, kind of. Yeah, exactly. I got the money. No, I don't. I'd always watch the few cars on the pay highways and be like, those people. Uh-huh. Crazy rich. <laughs> Not me. I'm with the rabble of the rest of society driving around Toronto.
0: So, yeah, tell us about yourself. Wow. So everybody, if you wanted to know about the uh, highway system in the greater (laughs) Toronto area.
2: (laughs) That didn't help. Yeah, yeah. no.
0: Ted's very vague idea of how the system works. Look, because you're all, I'm sure, super interested in how this works, I'll just tell you. In Toronto, the main highway that goes east-west through the city is called the 401, and it is actually the busiest highway in North America. Uh, Ooh, brag. That's, that's yeah, like for <laughs> real. I, I was the same. I'm like, fucking Toronto, yeah, biggest and best of everything. And then I looked up enough places to be like, oh, that seems to be factually correct. And it's a horrible highway, it sucks to drive on all the time. And so in the 90s, they were like, well, we'll build another east west highway, uh, a little bit north of the 401, and that will relieve the congestion of the 401. Except then. <laughs> a surprise, surprise, conservative government yeah, sorry. Mm. At all. decided to privatize the highway and make it a toll highway. And yeah. all of the promises, they were like, the tolls will always be reasonable. That didn't happen. The highway it will always sold. be maintained. That didn't happen. None of the promises were kept. And now we have this giant private highway that probably has one tenth of the traffic that goes on it as mm-hmm. the 401 has solved nothing. And takes up a whole lot of space. And now our next get this conservative government oh. is wanting to build more highways because of the congestion. So mm-hmm. yep. Anyway, well, know my, my wife's
2: company used to used to um, pay for all their workers to drive the four oh seven if they wanted to. And I think they thought it was anyway they severely underestimated how much it was going to cost them and they quickly cut it to not being able to use it
0: (laughs) yeah it's like ridiculously expensive so Mm. anyways that is toronto freeways with alan so (laughs) let's get back to the narbos and broomettes podcast and i'm alan and uh yeah glad to be here to talk about the substitute and i will put it back to timmy all right guys
2: now okay so before we head back to part two of of, of this episode we're going to finish off our highly anticipated which show had this substitute teacher plot late yeah. 80s early I'm, 90s I've edition my uh,
0: hands rubbing together I've been waiting all week for this the last <laughs> so seven days yeah.
2: North America yeah. and I haven't slept. other parts of the so world tired. <laughs> uh, so heading into part 2 of this of this game show we have Arlo in the early lead she has 3 correct she is quick on that buzzer We have uh, Alan with one, and Teddy, who's a little slowing off with his uh, COVID hangover, not so quick on the buzzer, has yet to score. I,
3: I do have my buzzer. Can I just test it out?
2: Test it out.
0: Whoops! (laughs)
3: Oh, whoops! <laughs> it's not the is a song kick thing because it's not the pay one because oh, it's true. I don't I don't go on this I don't go on the pay highway. <laughs> I'm poor.
0: So was there a substitute episode of The Littlest Hobo or The Beachcombers? Because if so, then oh jeez, uh, yeah, I did, I
2: did not. I did. Not, well, you know what? I bet you if we lo- if I looked a little closer, Hobo probably taught a couple <laughs>
0: classes. classes. <yeah.
3: laughs> AP Physics
2: <laughs> <laughs> with Hobo. <laughs> Okay, so, alright, so we have actually we have five left to go, they'll uh, be quick. Alright. Alright, so question number one. Okay. Um, the main character proposed, sorry, just a reminder of this game for those of you that are excited to replay or hadn't listened to the first half of this episode, which would be odd, is I will be reading the plot synopsis with no main characters' names, uh, and our job is to guess which 1980s or n- early 1990s Family sitcom that basically came from. All right. So, question number one, or sitcom number one. The main character proposes a black history class to be instituted at his academy. Buzz, and buzz, gets buzz. A surprise, boing, boing, arrives to Sorry. teach Alan.
0: <laughs> I mean, Damn. I don't really know the answer, but I want to tell you a story about how my life got flipped turned upside down.
2: Ayo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I'd like to
2: take a minute. Just sit right there.
0: I tell you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Enough showboating. <laughs> yeah, Fresh Prince of Bel Air.
2: Yeah, season one, episode seventeen. The ethnic tip. Okay, I have a
1: question. Are we allowed to buzz in before you're done reading the question?
0: Yeah, because oh, I oh, didn't know
2: that. Or is it like going Jeopardy? I'm going to say no.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, then uh, you can disqualify my point for that one. Yeah, it. there was no rule. Yet. Yeah,
2: there was no throw the rules out. There's no grammar in these sentences. I'm saying anyway. Uh, Or Episode number two After the school's drama teacher falls ill A handsome substitute arrives And quickly captivates the girls Much to the chagrin Of the boys
0: Oh wow Mm. I'm going to I'm going to buzz in Yes Is Is it saved by the bell
2: it is saved by the bell, yes. oh. season two, episode seven, called "The Substitute." <clears throat> yeah,
3: uh,
2: yes. Tricky. Right. We are on number three. Okay, number three. One of the main characters, a retired teacher, attracts severe criticism for refusing to pass a star football player in the high school English literature course, which she is supplying for.
0: Ugh. A football player.
2: The key on this is retired
0: teacher. Wow.
1: This sounds so familiar to me, and I'm like...
0: I mean, I don't lose a point if I if I guess incorrectly, right? No. I, buzz. Well, I
2: don't know. We're going to have to go to our studious judges on that one.
0: <laughs> buzz, 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 buzz. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to guess, I don't know, Beverly Hills 90210. No. Damn it. Uh. yang Uh. step-by-step. Uh,
3: no,
2: all right. Here's your hit. Thank <laughs> you for being a friend. Travels, buzz, buzz, buzz 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 Golden Girls. The Golden Girls, Hey. Six, episode 6.
3: Oh, who was te- the oh, was the teacher B Arthur? Yeah. Okay, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been Blanche cuz she'd be like trying she to bang trying to all the guys. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so we have we have Arlo with three, Alan with two, and Teddy's boing. Oh, come on. Come on this time. No, How have, many we I got have, left?
1: I have four now.
2: You have four? Oh, okay. Yes, I guess we'll give you Golden Girls. Yes, sorry, four. <laughs> all right, got own, it. Our, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> right.
3: Our own crack owl of the podcast, Arlo.
2: <laughs> yeah, go, go I pick up the four outside, Arlo, from, the,
3: <laughs> from
2: my footprint. All right. Number... <laughs> or I think we're at for this round okay Uh, in his teacher's absence a character is asked to be the substitute teacher of his English class the other students take quick advantage of the situation and drive the nerd to the breaking point he responds by transforming himself into his alter ego and is able to gain control of the class
1: oh man
2: (laughs) I'm going to give Ted just a guess before I let Uh, that go ahead of the class no arlo no.
1: family matters
2: family matters season seven episode four teacher's pet bonus what is the name of the alter ego
0: stefan urkel
2: stefan urkel is correct. does he
3: use the machine though
2: i don't know i didn't he watch. must <laughs> well, he doesn't do it organically i don't that show ran like nine seasons longer than any of these other ones i think
3: do you know, like, at random times in my adult life, do the Urkel? The whole song plays in my head sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably losing my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: and because w- when they did the whole, they did the whole choreographed dance at a party, and like on the top of a building, you remember
2: that? Funny you I should do. say that. I uh, I actually watched Family Matters not too long ago randomly, and <laughs> oh. that was the episode, and that's why I watched it. <laughs> And did you do know it's the, at the beginning uh, of the uh, episode when they do it, not at the end?
3: Pull your pants way up high and then <laughs> put your nose up in the sky. <laughs> yeah. So that takes up a lot of space in my old culpac.
2: here is our last last question I have. All right. A student tries to forget the bad experience she has had with a lecherous supply teacher until she sees him coming on to another student using the power of a
0: collage. Boing, 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 boing oh, ding oh. ding 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 Allen you know what I'm gonna pass it over to Ted. Come on Ted. Uh, oh, oh, is, is, that a, is that a Degrassi? <laughs> that is Degrassi Yes two, I'm 12. on the board
3: at... I'm better than everybody <laughs>
2: Teddy score I'm Teddy, the king of, I'm the king of this quiz <laughs> <laughs> but at the end, I believe we have to give our inaugural championship trophy to one Arlo Scott.
0: Hey!
3: yay! Good job. Yeah, good All job. Right. Crack out. back to
2: our episode. Um, let's review. I guess the first half of the episode it would be the best idea to get back in, in this in the in the uh, in the classroom. So, Angela's English class, who has been missing their teacher Mrs. May, who finally get a substitute teacher. Mr. Racine, who has come in to shake things up, getting rid of marks, structure, and grammar, and instead filling their time with ideas and discord and revolution, while preparing the yearly Liberty Lit. The students, except Brian Krakow, are starting to embrace his ideals and writing from the heart and sometimes from the loins, which may not sit well with all those outside of the newly enlightened teenagers. Also, Danielle is selling Girl Scout cookies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> this show could also be called "No One Cares
0: About Danielle."
2: <laughs> Danielle, who? <laughs> all right. Anyone want to say anything before we dive in? Can't wait. <laughs> all right. All right. So we come out of the commercial bump. We are back in the school. the The lit is being delivered to the office. Before anything can be done with them, a student in a letterman jacket just takes them and starts handing them out. That's Joel. Good old Joel in the letterman (laughs) jacket just starts (laughs) taking and handing them out. Now, here I wrote is my guess is they aren't actually free.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like I love that. I love that. The, the the delivery goes to the office, obviously, to have the school, someone, an administrator, and, and, like, hand these out. And the student who's sitting in the office, for whatever reason, takes it upon himself to just take them and start handing them out. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Chaos. Also, um, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in a second, Tim, but, like, this is the most exciting event that's ever happened at the school. Oh, my
2: God. It, it, it has set the school a Twitter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, we were all kind of, um, I meant to mention this in the first episode, we were all sort of small town grow. Like, where did you, where did you grow up again, Arlo, as a kid? Winnipeg. Oh yeah, it's, well, I would still consider yeah, you and Alan. I would guess it's still a small type
0: of city, right? Like you would just consider. You know, but I, but I would have been. Small I mean, time. it's not like San
1: Francisco or something.
0: You, you know, <laughs> though, <laughs> it, it is a it's a, you know it's a, a you know a, a good sized Canadian city, but not a huge metropolis. But uh, well, when it has I was like
2: small town ideal. Yeah, but well, so when so I cool.
0: was there, uh, in fact, one week uh, today, I was I met up with some people who I went to high school with, a, a number of whom I hadn't seen in like twenty five years and they're all still living in the same area of town that I grew up in and like when we started talking about you know people from the area who are still there it kind of dawned upon us where it's like Winnipeg actually used to be like um about a dozen different small municipalities that merged in the 70s mm. but yeah, yeah, it yeah. kind of it kind of is like you know 10 to 12 small towns within one
2: so it still is yeah they probably believe in their small town versus the city right yeah so I grew up in a small town. I, if Courtney was here, she could probably. She also grew up in a small town. I knew that, but Ted, I know you. I mean, everything's kind of a small town out there, right? Kind of to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, I mean, it's not Well, meaning, yeah, but it's, <laughs> like it's kind of got that small town or the town sort of mentality. So when I was growing up, we had we had a local newspaper, and and the ways that I'm going with this is with the lit is that every week for elementary schools, you got to have a page in the local newspaper that got to publish. The work of an elementary school. It was called the Penny Whistle Express. Oh, uh, I don't know. Did, did you guys have anything like that in your, when you guys were young?
3: Uh, Not well, strangely, the Penny Whistle Express from uh, <laughs> from uh, from where you're from,
2: Stratford Ontario. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, Stratford. Yeah. It, yeah. Probably was, it probably was probably was. Strange place. that we got it in a placentia small
0: town, Newfoundland for, like. <laughs> I um, wonder
2: what's going on in Stratford <laughs> elementary
0: schools I mean i we you know we didn't have anything like that necessarily in Winnipeg, but like you know if you went to uh you know like the donut store or whatever, they would have like the coffee news right that, okay. uh, oh, one, yeah. right they would have like little quizzes and like bullshit stories that they would pull like now you just get the mm-hmm. shit on the internet so the coffee news is is gone but they did have a uh, local public... You don't
1: have the coffee news anymore? We still have the coffee news here.
0: Oh, well, sorry. And like
1: Robin's Donuts and
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah, Robin's Donuts, that's still a thing. Yep. Yep. Oh yes. yeah, we, have, we used just to be got one them here actually. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah, they had a, so they had like a coffee news-ish thing that used to be published north of Winnipeg at uh, at Victoria Beach and my best friend Jamie, when he was I don't know. In grade ten, wrote a poem, and it got published. And he he used the pen name Alexander Murphy, and the poem is pretty decent. But if you read the first letter going down, it says you blow goats. So, yes. uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I remember
2: speaking of speaking of blowing goats. I remember we used to. This is a completely different side topic. Yes, it is. To, um, we used to go watch um, my my oldest cousin play hockey. He played. Uh, not like in a small town, he played junior sea hockey. Like that's not incredibly high level, but still for the area, it was the highest so he goes. So we used to watch him go play. And some of the people that we used to sit and watch with, because my brother and I were young and impressionable at the time, I'm about seven years younger than he is. So I'd have been like nine or 10. They used to get us to cheer against the other team to try and get the other team rattled. And they were playing this team called shallow Lake, which I think is a small town North of in northernish Ontario. And uh, we used to have to, it used to get us to, to scream shallow lake blows goats, <laughs> and I had no idea what it meant. We just thought it meant they kind of were shitty, so we it was just me and my brother just yelling like shallow lake blows goats at the top of our lungs for the whole game. Uh huh, and I couldn't uh-huh. imagine what other people might have been thinking was wrong with us. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> All right. So anyway, the Penny Whistle Express, you got, yeah, you got yourself um, published in. Like one time I got a poem published and It would say like your name and your age beside it. It was a big deal if you got, if you got a big deal, but a big deal if you got, if you got published in this thing. And I didn't know if it was a normal sort of small town thing or if it was a Stratford only thing, but maybe Stratford only.
1: I had my, one of my drawings published in the back of Chickadee magazine when I was four years old. Ooh. Oh, nice.
0: Whoa. nice. Nice. Fancy. Oh. Where'd mm, you go? I, I won a contest for somewhere that when my parents bought a new house. I forget what you know housing shit that they bought from it, but um I was able to submit like a drawing or something, and then I won four bikes for doing it. And I thought it was because my drawing was good, but like clearly they just pulled it out of a pile. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fuck it, I got the bikes. I don't care. So win's a win, buddy. Yeah. Win's a win. Yeah.
2: All right, so as Alan, as Alan mentioned, um, Everyone loves this book right now. Everyone seems to be reading oh, this yeah. book. I mean, I think
1: as we just demonstrated, it is kind of exciting to see your work in print.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so oh, for sure. Maybe people interested. I don't know. I don't know if senior kids care about seeing a, a sophomore's work in print, yeah. but in this, in this episode, everyone seems to love it. And we, we did sort of mention that this might only be one English class out of the entire school's work.
0: Well, so you have to put yourself in the time and place, right? So this is 1994 we're still not, you know, in the full internet age at this point. No, no, not at all. So being in print, being, you know, um, being on TV, uh, all that kind of stuff is not, it's fascinating. Oh, yeah. At this point, right? It's, it's you know, nowadays you take it for granted because you can post your shit everywhere. <laughs> uh, Even
2: if no one wants to see
0: it. Yeah, but, but uh, back in yeah. these days, yeah, if something of yours got promoted in any way or if you were in media... It was exciting when we when I was in grade twelve. We had to write like a life list, and it was like you know fifty or a hundred things we wanted to do um, in our lives. And I remember one of mine being like, "Hear my voice on a CD." Oh. <laughs> and lo and behold, the future now hit me hard. You. Like, yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> you
1: drive the <to> school bus.
0: <laughs> now you can all CDs nuts. So, <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, yes, so, we all see these notes
2: every Tuesday. Um,
1: mm. I I will uh, express some skepticism. I guess that like the this single poem that's like a little risque uh, causes the entire school, including the staff, to be. Mm -hmm. completely enthralled with this booklet like we don't really hear anything about what the rest of the poems are like right like let's assume they're all kind of like Angela's which are you know trying to be deep but really aren't that deep right Mm -hmm. so it's just like this one single poem that's causing this
2: and not only the not only the extreme reaction not only the teachers and the students but one Mr. Foster the principal Mm -hmm. intercepts reads and zeroes in very quickly on the controversial poem. He hates it, surprisingly, and yells for Connie.
1: Before he even sees the poem, he steals the booklet from one of the secretaries. It's like, you're the principal. You can't get your own
0: fucking book. I I just love the part where it's like, it's like, you know, I'm really glad that I let this sub who nobody knows be responsible (laughs) for publishing the lit review. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. What? Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, really, he, now he gets all upset, and I'm like, well, whose fucking fault is this, Principal? Like, come on.
1: I just, like, I, it makes me curious if any of the other poems are in in the slightest bit controversial. <laughs> or if it's just that single
2: poem. Well, there was the one poem about the woman, the one girl dreaming about being a mom and then sort of wanting to, like, hate on her daughter. That one would be kind of, that was a little wild.
1: mm <laughs> Maybe there are other controversial ones. Maybe it's like,
2: mm. "fuck the police." <laughs> he didn't. Did <laughs> pretty quickly, the wrong stuff. That's for sure. He didn't say anything like, "Wow, some of this is pretty good." <laughs> so he yells for Connie, who I think is his uh, his secretary, and he says that he wants Mister Racine to see him after the final bell. Ooh. Hmm. Oh. So we jump to the girls' washroom. There's a there's a pair of females having a conversation. I. <laughs> I, I tried to look it up but spent all of 13 seconds probably looking for the name so I could be wrong. So
1: oh, it it's... Uh, Iris.
2: Iris and Rhonda?
1: It's Iris and Rhonda. That's
3: bam! Right. Are they the smoking girls? Were they the smokers back who were just openly smoking in the bathroom last time or a few episodes they ago?
1: They meant to be the same girls but they are not the same actresses.
2: Oh, okay. And not unsurprisingly, they <laughs> yeah. hate the sex poem. They're Jeez. making fun of the author. They're saying she has zeroes or well they have they have no self-respect like to do it in the basement plus it's so like filthy and she has no self-esteem because if they did they'd have signed their name right? <laughs> yeah uh, well, stuff uh, we, we learned that though. sharon yeah. who happens to be in the washroom of course wrote the poem and she answers with a bunch of okays look he said not to sign it okay Said it should yeah. be anonymous. Okay. Like it was a rule. Okay.
3: And basement is an analogy to something else. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Last okay. night we did it in the basement, if you know what I'm saying. And, <laughs> and the girls are like, what? <laughs> and she like, like you nasty. <laughs> and she's like, uh uh-huh.
2: Did it in a car okay. in the most annoying of places. <laughs> Get out them. of here. So the pair of girls that are sort Iris and Rhonda – They said to uh, um, try your own conversation and a muscle relaxer as they as they head out of the washroom.
0: I love it. Do drugs. Because
3: of the back of the basement.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You You need a muscle relaxer before doing it in the basement. (laughs) 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 Uh, I
3: like this new reality.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is English class. It is all about, uh, you know. Metaphors? Is it actually Metaphors? an analogy,
3: or no. am I using the term wrong? Would it be like? <laughs> I think the <laughs> analogy you're looking
0: for is back door, but I'm not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe no. the cellar. Yeah. <laughs> but, but and the word if analogy saying, is an analogy. Like,
1: if you're saying that fucking in the basement is like anal sex, <laughs> then well. it would be a a. Oh, is whoa, whoa, that what whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, like whoa. Carlo. What are it's you talking an analogy, about?
0: Analogy, okay. Shuttle down. I was talking about missionary.
1: Simile, because that would be a comparison using like or as.
0: (laughs) Well, it's a simile in the ass. I mean basement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like the way that they reveal here that it's Sharon who actually wrote the poem, because of course we've been led to believe that it's Rayanne that would have written this, right?
2: Yeah, I don't think Mm -hmm. anyone assumed would have assumed it was Sharon.
0: Really, I think it was
2: a good way to do it. Now. This is much to Rayanne's, who also just happens to be in the washroom, uh, and to the rest of our surprise. Uh, I would say Rayanne looks like she's wearing a 70s inspired country dancing button down with an exposed bra, which is an interesting look.
0: Uh-huh. It was an
2: interesting um, choice. Rayanne can't believe that Sharon doesn't want people to know she wrote it. And they get into a bit of an argument, and they're both um, lamenting and saying how over their life will be when everyone finds out that Sharon wrote it and Rayanne didn't write it. So they sort of decide to continue the ruse and it would be best for all of them if they just continue to lie. Maybe they come to a little understanding. They kind of seem like maybe they, uh, it's odd that they're having a conversation, I guess, and kind of enjoying each other's company a little bit there, I guess.
0: Yeah, like this is a bonding moment for them that we haven't seen. And of course, like it doesn't play out in this episode, but Angela interrupts it. And this is kind of similar to a few episodes ago where Angela and uh, Sharon... Seemed to be kind of starting to bend fences, and Rayanne walked in. So, correct, yeah, yeah, <clears throat> um,
1: awkwardness all around,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, Rayanne doesn't understand how Sharon could write something like that and mentions that her favorite part was when they became the firmness. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the ass fucking part, everybody. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that's the
2: basement, dwell. Yeah, yeah, and we're back. <laughs> and as we mentioned, Angela comes flying in. Telling them that Foster has all the lits and refuses to distribute them because of Ray Ann's, as she doesn't realize that it's Sharon's sex poem.
0: <laughs> uh, also, mm. Foster's not getting those reviews back, right? The shit that no. that kid distributed, like, what, he got every one of them? There's no way. So, no. And in fact, we're going to get proof of that shortly. So, yeah.
2: yeah. So, let me jump to Angela's house. There's a discussion over dinner about the unbelievable decision of the school not to distribute the lit. Angela, in her uh, quarter-button-down-long-sleeved Henley in corduroy overalls, I noticed, <laughs> says that Mr. Racine, who she's now referring to as Vic, which I wrote lame, says that uh, <laughs> they could sue because their rights were being denied. They could have Ugh. a walkout or stage a make-believe book burning, to which I wrote
0: barf. Okay, look, yeah. she's so she's a kid, so um, mm-hmm. she's going to say stupid shit. But the part where I was like, okay, the walkout, sure. Um, you know protesting it sure suing yeah what yeah like that <laughs> but here's the thing this is the thing she's saying Vic
2: said to them it's not even her coming up with the ideas she was saying Vic said that they could do these things so this is coming
0: from the teacher yeah you can't sue okay. shit
1: well, well so when she's talking about constitutional rights I'm assuming she's talking about like the first amendment
0: yeah, yeah. freedom
2: of speech right, right? blah 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 all that stuff I think so
1: but just because you have freedom of speech doesn't mean somebody has to distribute it or publish it.
0: No. No, freedom of speech gets misinterpreted all the time.
2: Oh, so. all the time. Yeah. Really, right now, especially of any time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can speak for Ted and myself here, but I can say for myself, I absolutely hate when teachers want to be on first name basis with their students. I oh. think it's awful. No, yeah, cringe. it's gross. I think it is completely the dumbest thing ever.
0: So I can't go to yeah, your school no. and
2: be like, what up, Timmy? Well, you could. You're not a. You're not a student. Folly, T, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I, I've had I've had kids try and call me by my first name. I give them one look, and it's usually the last time they ever try it. Oh, damn! Nice. I have a pretty good. I have a pretty good uh, stare. I would say usually. Boom.
1: What do you think about teachers that like let you use their first name, but you have to say like Mister in front of it, like Mister Ted
2: or Mister <laughs> oh, Tim? It's like... I think it sounds just as bad. Okay. Like, myself. Like, I don't Ju- like that. Truly noted. <laughs> I didn't even like the fact that when my kids were in um, daycare, that that's what they kind of called their daycare teachers. I didn't like it. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm a little old school when it comes to the fact that we're not on the same fe- playing field. Like, we're not equal. I,
3: I think you can only use it if it's a dance school or if it's a music class. Like, a music, a music school, like learn the ukulele and you can call them miss kim or whatever like okay that's fine but
2: everywhere else now it's weird i find it odd I don't do it. but you know i might be in the minority when it comes to that stuff i don't know
0: yeah angela right, mentioned yeah. something about calling the news um yeah like what fucking news station is picking up this story <clears throat> yeah yeah yeah. Well, maybe there's a local news station. I don't know. Like, may-
2: Maybe they could get someone to come in and do maybe, something. But maybe yeah, it's I, the... I
0: what's it. the name of that paper? The Twiddler? What What was it called? The, the, oh, the, the Penny Whistle. Yeah. yeah.
2: Penny the Whistle diddler. will pick up that story. <laughs> <Get the laughs> I heard paper. they're doing it in the basement. <laughs> it's a simile for the ass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Everyone's clutching up pearls. Penny
2: Whistle's budget to come do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Everyone at the house starts calling her out for um, using his first name, but she does give off a little smirk that's kind of got like, I'm a little, I've got a crush on this guy. Kind of smirk, I kind of sort of noted, which was also kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she romantic- res-
1: it's not like a romantic crush. It's like a,
0: well, like mm-hmm. a,
1: do you know what I mean? Like, it's like an ideals crush.
0: She feels empowered by, yeah, by, like her like presence, she says, right, right. she
2: says she respects him. He's smart. He's an adult. She can look up to. Finally, which that's her parents to snap their heads like they're going to throw their neck out. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Patty asked her to not get carried away with this and to not get caught up just because this is exciting. Angela can't comprehend where they're coming from because it's an important issue to her. Similar to how her parents were dedicated to issues in the 60s, which we're going to see get brought up a few times in this episode about how like, well, you guys fought for things. Why can't I fight for things? Which is a little bit. DeGrassi-ish with Caitlin and her <clears throat> mom, if you remember, when she was uh, spray painting, yeah. very slowly on the side of the factory.
0: But the but the part I'm not buying here is we've followed this family and we've been in this household pretty heavily over the last six episodes. And is there been a single instance where Graham and Patty have struck you as you know fucking activists from the '60s, like Family Ties? I knew that shit within five minutes that was the whole purpose of the show was what the parents were doing in this in this family i I you don't get any hint that these two were activists
1: i I was this is again from an article that I was reading um that someone had an, an opinion piece about this uh this episode and again very apt they said something along the lines that it seems like Patty and Graham are probably Democrats but wow. Like, they're, like, firmly in the Bill Clinton camp at this point, And they're not with Bernie Sanders.
2: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is there a chance Graham might have been a little bit wilder? Because he always points out how, like, he was surprised Patty wanted to be with him. He liked the Grateful Dead, all these kinds of things. But Patty yes! was about as big as a square as there could have been, from my guessing. Like, rule mm-hmm. follower, was the popular girl in school, whatever. Like, nothing about her... Sc- Screams on, with the kind of dad she had Who ran a company Nothing about her screams
0: That she was causing trouble Like nothing I, I think uh, it's I think it's the vanilla. trope Vanilla Yeah it's like the trope in the 90s Where it's like Well if your parents grew up in the 60s They were clearly activists And like I can tell you mm-hmm. My parents were You know In their university years In you know 1968 to 1972 And they were not activists no. <laughs> were yeah. no
1: But yeah. they probably like Her parents Parents, if they're somewhere nearing their 40s in the early 90s, then wouldn't they have been, like, kids in the 60s? Am I thinking about this right? So they wouldn't have been, like, teenagers who were protesting in the 60s. Well,
0: I went down that rabbit hole, too, briefly, because, yeah, I was thinking about their ages, too. Like, so, again... Nineteen ninety four, Angela's fifty. Born in the mid fifties. Yeah. So they would have been what, like ten. So they you know, they could have they they could have been like young teens by the end of the sixties, but but that again, that's not the same kind of activism. Like when you think activists, you think right, university students, right? You don't think of like twelve year olds. No. Yeah. Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't there's a mismatch here in many ways. Yeah.
2: Now, most importantly
0: yeah. from this scene, we need to
2: realize that Danielle is pretty damn proud of herself for selling nine boxes of Thin Mints to Mrs. Castillo <laughs> yes. and wants to go count her money. So good for her. You know what?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the real capitalist in this household.
2: She, she's <laughs> yeah, <sure>. she's <laughs> she's the Alex P. Keaton of this group. Yes. He was uh, like, I, I voted well, for Bush. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think, like, in some ways, Danielle in this episode is kind of representing, like, what Angela is growing out of. I think so. Like Angela is now starting to, because of Vic, she's woken up Mm. and she's now sort of starting to see things in more shades of gray. Whereas like Danielle is still young enough that things are very black and white for her.
2: Yeah. And I think you're right. I think what it is, is it's a nice um, look at what Angela was because when the show starts, right, Angela is kind of transitioned into this, whatever she is right now. And maybe because we never know what she's like before, Danielle is sort of giving us a look and see. well, what what was Angela like before? I think you're 100% right. I think that's pretty good. I That's good the show's maybe doing. I don't know if they're trying. Yeah. Okay, so we jump to the next day at school. The class is pissed because they can't have their work published. Like every single one of them, minus Brian, cannot understand how dare they not publish this work. There's rumors going around school about Mr. Racine because he's not there. It was He was fired. They heard... Ricky said he heard he was sleeping with a junior and that he was thrown in jail. Turns out that he's just gone. He's not there. Um, Mr. Foster is now in class teaching, but they never had a teacher in there before when they couldn't, when the other teacher just up and quit. But now because of all of this uh, published work, the principal's in there we'll teaching until them. they find find a proper substitute and there's still students in the room that aren't actually in that class. This is absolutely mind-boggling.
0: Not not only that, the students are all sitting in their desks, what, you know, with with the principal talking to them, except for Jordan Catalano who there's going to be a purpose to this in a second, but oh yeah, you know, there be. But 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 he's randomly at this point just fucking standing at the window looking outside. So,
2: so Foster mentions that there that there needs to be a sense of decency in the school and school's population, and that anyone found with the uh, the lit in their possession will be suspended, which is a little foreshadowing for later in the episode. Now, as Alan alluded to in his biggest eruption of emotion yet today, Jordan Catalano looks out the window and says, with the excitement of Arlo seeing Jordan at school, <laughs> "Hey, it's him!" And exclaims, he did teach us. He was the best teacher I ever had. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. The students all yell out the window at Mr. Racine as they rush over there. And he returns their, their, their gumption with as what could be best described as a breakfast club. Don't you yes. forget about me. Fist in the air. Yes. And I vomit.
0: <sighs> I vomited, <laughs> but I wrote the exact same thing you did. So, yes. Great. Excellent.
2: And, and once again, which makes no sense, Angela just decides to up with Rayanne and Ricky, who neither one of them are in the class, so it doesn't matter. Just to run out of class after good old
0: Vic. Also, which I, I, I'm sorry, but like, if you're Mister Racine, right, and you've you're you have those students yelling at you, and you're going to do that fist pump, you may as well just stop, unbutton your pants, and start sucking your own dick. Like that's that dude. That dude loves himself so much. George, <clears throat> like he's doing it. <laughs> Look, he's heller look at that helicopter dick. (laughs) Just like, could this guy love himself anymore?
2: Oh, it's gross.
0: Yeah. Like it's it's one thing that he's the inspirational teacher that's different. It's 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 made even worse by the fact that he's clearly self-aware of it. Yeah. Like he knows he's above all the bullshit, except as we're yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah like an,
3: another cardinal rule of school like you don't side with the students you, you know like you don't i think even students would if they have any sense at all they'd see through it they're like they would like you know again not your friend it's yeah just strange
2: so we make it to outside of the school as the three as the three musketeers catch up to Mr. Racine then they ask him if he was fired and the here four we start musketeers, going with...
1: Sharon goes with them too for some reason
2: Oh, sorry. Four Musketeers. I must have missed it. You're right. Sorry. Uh, they ask if he was fired and in what becomes a slew of his stupid English teacher answers, he answers something like that. Angela can't believe he would be fired because of one poem, but he says, injustice like this happens every day. You need to wake up. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just like, I swear the writers of this were high-fiving after some of these things they wrote. Like, you know what? We nailed this. <laughs> this That's is going to be much. the
1: next Dead Poet Society.
2: Yeah. So we come back from the commercial break to the office, which I'm assuming is the next day. I don't 100% know. Maybe it's the afternoon. Um, we randomly see Jordan wandering out of the principal's office. We never know why. So I could throw that to the group. Why do you think he was leaving the principal's office?
0: Because he was so because upset. Because he
1: was standing at the window instead of sitting in his desk mm. like everybody else.
2: Yeah,
0: there and you he's
3: go. Doing, <coughs> and he's doing yeah. the cl- the classic 90s style double shirt.
0: That's, <laughs> yes. <with laughs> a long
3: sleeve shirt and a t-shirt on top. It's like, that's double laundry, man. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but he's
2: not doing his laundry.
3: No, he's not. He doesn't double he, laundry. He'd, he'd drown if he tried to do laundry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's too good looking to go to this school. So he got call to the principal's office.
3: (laughs) You're too good looking. I have a modeling (laughs)
2: contract for you, sir.
3: Come over here and hug me. (laughs) You beautiful man, you.
2: (laughs) So Angela's dad has come to the school to talk to Foster regarding um, Mr. Racine. I kind of got a kick out of the fact that the principal doesn't know who Angela is when he mentions his daughter, which is kind of realistic, like I don't know. Like, okay, you, you think that I know everybody, and just because she's your daughter, I know what you're talking about. But, uh, did, uh,
1: did anybody notice that the principal has a paddle on his wall? Oh,
0: no, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, nice. not like Damn a canoe right. paddle, but cool.
1: like, a, like a, a, a corporal punishment Well,
0: now Was we that, know like, why. Fuck you, paddle. Like an FA. Yeah,
1: hanging like a trophy on the wall. Well, yeah.
0: now we know why he had Jordan in his office.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> same girl, same.
2: Mm-hmm. Little little work in the basement. <laughs> so Mr. Foster said Racine is out. Um, thinking it was going to calm down, I think. Graham didn't think Graham was coming to say, hey, can you like, why'd you get rid of him? Probably thought, oh no, you're it's okay, we got rid of him. Um, but but Graham has mentioned how alive his daughter was because of Mr. Racine's two or three days of teaching. Like, and I wrote, of course, his grateful dead ass liked him too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, like I'm not wants, Sorry, go ahead. I just feel like everything that's happening in this scene in real life t- the opposite of all this would happen. Like right? Like there would be some sub and the kids would be getting all wound up over them and the parents would actually be like a little concerned. And then the sub would leave and then the parents would be like, "Oh, fuck it, who cares?" Like I just I don't understand why Graham gives like gives a shit so badly about this.
2: Yeah, I didn't either. And so so Graham wants to know why Racine was fired. Now, here's where the big twist comes to the whole episode, which I kind of liked. I'm not going to lie. I thought this was a pretty good twist. Foster says he thought of firing him, but when he showed Mr. Racine a copy of a subpoena for one Theodore Victor to appear in a New Hampshire court for failure to pay child support payments for a family he deserted months before... Racine just up and left So we really he's a deadbeat dad Who's kind of running from the law Which I thought wow
0: I did not see Having never seen the show I did not see that mm-hmm. Well again or, as Degrassi fan, fans I'm sure we were all like molested somebody Like that must have been right. Had like, a happening.
1: relationship
0: with a student 100% yeah. 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 But I thought you know not a bad twist
2: Like well really going into that I figured he was going to say He did fire him for this reason I didn't think there was going to be an ulterior reason I thought yeah he was fired whatever, or he quit because Foster said, you know, I, I don't want to, po- or I don't want I mean, you get rid of me, fine, I'll quit or something like that, but to actually have a reason why, and, and to show, like, you know, you know, he's not this wonderful individual, I think was actually, you know, maybe a cop-out, but kind of cool. Mm-hmm.
1: I wish it had been for, like, a different reason. This is one thing I really didn't like about this episode, or at least the ending of this episode, and I, even more so when, in the next little bit when angela talks with them or whatever and maybe i should talk about it then instead but like it's a very simplistic way of looking at families and divorce and yeah uh, you know people's living situations and like just to say like oh well you deserted your family and it's like well you know what sometimes living situations become untenable and like you don't you don't know the situation he could be an abused spouse like we we don't we don't have the whole picture and i think it really paints him as just an unequivocal bad guy yeah um, but i think they reinforce that in the but... end and i and i think that really families and and that kind of thing are a lot more complicated than that and i didn't like sort of the simplistic way that they approached it in the end
0: well just but I think
2: the, this is 1990s right i think this is what you're getting
0: yeah like that everybody the, that everybody that hears about this they the the conclusion it's not you know he's got this child support issue with his family it's that everybody immediately leaps to oh he walked out on his family and then that's just the discourse. his
1: family yeah exactly
0: mm-hmm. yeah Man, which again is some
2: like, foreshadowing well, we'll see with other stuff right a little bit or possible foreshadowing i don't know
0: I wonder if while he was walking on on his mom and uh, – or on his wife and kids, if he did that fist pump, <laughs> <They're> watching him <laughs> leave. Do you think if they had – yeah, if they yeah. had uh, – you
2: know, he'd be playing the music to the song,
0: like, Don't Forget About Don't hey, You Forget About Me. Hey, 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 mm-hmm. hey. Except it was the opposite. He's like, I want you to forget <laughs> about me. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's interesting that he's using a
2: fake name a little bit. I think that's good. I mean, I think that's just – I don't know. Just something that I like because I like – Dark television, kind of in my, and I kind of like that. Oh, he's he's like this sort of smarmy kind of bum in the end. But I get your point point, hundred percent, Arlo. Like I, it is a generalization of a of what could be a bigger.
1: I wish if they were gonna p- paint him in that way, that it was a more unequivocal reason. You know,
0: I don't know. I I don't. So I don't like again how everybody get jumps to this conclusion and and that's kind of the the trope that we go with in the episode. I do like that there's this twist that's kind of unconventional that you know like it's <clears throat> he's not a um he's not a saint. He's not necessarily a complete piece of shit even though that's kind of what they're, <laughs> they're trying to say that mm-hmm. that okay, it's complicated. And so we're going to navigate this this complicated issue for the rest of the episode.
1: Well I mean I guess it kind of goes back to like the very first thing about this episode which is that teachers are humans. You know, and that's like the very first thing that we hear and it's kind of the same thing for Mr. Keene is like he's he's not a hero. Right. He's he's a he's like like all the other teachers, he's a human. He has flaws, he's not infallible.
0: And he, despite what he did, I mean, he still had this impact on everybody. Like, that was a real thing that people thought. And I'm going to give a really bad, uh, another example of this. But we we did an episode on, uh, when I used to do this uh, Albums Are Dead podcast, we did an episode about Girl, You Know It's True by Millie Vanilli. And when they found out that the two guys that were on screen and on all the media for Millie Vanilli didn't actually sing the song, people stopped listening to the music, and they the the record label actually stopped promote uh, producing the album. So the album is actually the like best selling and uh, most widely circulated album that's actually not in print anymore. But my thought was the the music is still real. Like what you actually bought and listened to is still a completely real product. Um, mm-hmm. just because the you know the background behind it wasn't what you thought it was doesn't mean that the music is all of a sudden different right so it's kind of like this where it's like you still felt real with this guy whether it was you know whether you know despite what you know about him it, these were real feelings that people felt
2: yeah and if it made you a better writer maybe it made you a better writer regardless but maybe it's you don't have to put these people on a pedestal before you really kind of get to know Maybe a little bit more about them, I don't know.
0: And, like, poor sexy Jordan Catalano, right? It's like, oh. oh, he inspired you to actually read, but he's actually a piece of shit who walked out on his family, so fuck you. Like, and he actually read those ten poems, goddammit. Yeah. So, anyway, we
2: bounced to Angela's home. Graham and Patty are discussing that meeting, and Graham mentioned how he wishes he wasn't told. I, I don't understand this. Like, is it again? Like, you know, I, you know, like, this is, you're my hero, and I wish I didn't know the truth about you. Yeah. Because now he has to tell his daughter, and... Patty says, well, he's asked like, what's he going to say? And she says, well, you need to tell her the truth. And I think, well, yeah, like to some extent, she should know the real truth because she's holding him up on this pedestal. But it goes back to what you said, like it shouldn't affect whether or not she became whether or not she woke up, as we'll see later, regardless of, you know, who, what he was like as a person. All right. So we jump to uh, Racine's house. Is that what we can call this? I don't know what it is. Like it looks like a back alley. To... Like he's living in the back of the house.
3: I thought it was a construction site. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is he but living a in a, a border body? Body? <laughs> Weird. Just, yeah,
1: I don't know. Pot, I maybe. I thought maybe it was a hostel, but then she said she looked him up. So I I don't know.
2: Which yeah. I mean, like, could she, could he possibly be in the phone book already? Like, it's not his real name. He's only been there for a short amount of time. A phone book only comes out what every. Six months. I don't know if they come out ever anymore. Oh, yeah.
0: Once a year, though, right?
2: Yeah, once a year. Like, I don't even think he'd be in the phone book, but I guess that's neither here nor there.
1: Did She say <laughs> she looked <laughs> him up specifically in the phone book. Maybe she looked him up in some kind of like school directory.
2: But he was a class. Though, if like, how long
1: has six. he been there?
2: Yeah, you I don't, don't find your address. No kids, kids, kids couldn't find my address by asking at the school. Hey, where is that? Where is that Mr. Fallhoffer <laughs> live? I want to go see him? That'll end well. <laughs>
1: And they're like, that's a great idea. <laughs> Here's
2: his address. Wait, <laughs> Here's his address. I'll drive you there. All right, as I wrote though, Angel's found out where a fake man fake named man lives and confronts him and questions how someone could walk out on their family. Um and I wrote, Victor starts to go pure loser English teacher here. And I don't know if anyone else wants to rhyme off what he said, but I've got them written down here, so I'm happy to do it. I got them, but please. But
1: also, well, child, sometimes things are more complicated than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. I mean, look, I think they paint this pretty clear. Yeah, like I've, I, I, I've, I've throw a little bit of sympathy at Mister Racine's way up until now, but uh, with what Tim's about, to, uh, I think recite that he said it all gets flushed down the toilet.
2: Yeah. So when she yeah. asks why someone walk out, he says things like there are a couple of a couple of truths. Says his wife's better off without him. And I said, sure. He said. I got out. I escaped, which I wrote groan. I broke and here we go. I broke out of a prison of my own making, and many people want to punish me for that, maybe including you, to which I wrote, the yeah, fuck are you talking about. Yeah, like
0: you loser. What a fucking piece of shit, like dumb thing yeah. to say. Yeah.
2: And again, he had he had kids, has kids. My struggle for freedom is mine. Get your own, to which I wrote, gross. Get out before it's too late. Amanda, as we learn, he doesn't even know her name, yep. which is an interesting twist. Again, you know, it. I think it's a little gut punch to her. You need to get out of that mind control factory they store you in because they don't know what else to do with you. Angela asks if, uh, if he wants her to drop out of high school and he responds with, yes, run for your life, save your life. Let the walls of that gingerbread house, which was to her poem, come crashing down. To which I at least you remembered her time.
1: poem, even though he couldn't remember her name. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, these are these are quite the uh quite the sentences of of um displeasure. I guess he's he's spewing here. Yeah, you get know right. more of a look into maybe what he really is like, and maybe is just a bit of a deadbeat.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil what happens next with this question to all of you, but. If you were talking with somebody and he said <laughs> all of the, he said all of those things that you just spouted off to you, right? Uh, yes or no? Would you get into a car with him? <laughs> yep. Yep. Mm, good no. choice, Amanda. So what? What choice does Amanda make, Tim?
2: <laughs> yeah. So Angela, who corrects him for calling her Amanda says she kind of admired him, but would never drop out of high school because leaving anything isn't the answer. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wrote, like, to me, this sort of says, like, like sometimes with how they're painting, I don't know, a a substitute teacher. It's like because he's come in as a substitute, like the things Mm -hmm. he does, he never has to take full responsibility for these kids. Right. He never Mm -hmm. has to, like, own up to it because he could leave whenever he wants to, which he's shown he's now willing to do twice from his family and from his classroom. So, I, like I said, like, it's easy to be edgy and different and cool. Like If you think about it like a, like the cool uncle or the babysitter, Like it's easy to do that when you don't have to take full responsibility mm. for a situation.
0: You know who this you guy think- needs to learn from? Uh, the littlest Tobo. Right? <laughs> you fly exactly. in at the start of the episode, you do some shit, nothing gets too controversial, you don't give any inkling <sighs> as to your background, and then you leave, and then people are like, that guy was pretty mm-hmm. fucking cool. And you fuck a couple bitches and then get it to the next. Yeah, song. exactly.
3: <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so I don't know. Like to me, it painted a pretty obvious picture of what the show wanted us to believe yeah. racing was like, which might not be the best way to do it. But
1: I think also like Angela's final line of like, "Well, I don't think leaving is how to handle anything." It's like again, it just like hammered home like this is a really simplistic way of looking at it.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I think it's got more to do with the fact that maybe, like, I don't know, no idea what happens, but maybe they revisit this um, cheating on, like his her her dad cheating on his mom. Like, this might all be some of that foreshadowing again too. Like, you don't leave anything. The dad will later say, like, I would never walk out on you and your on you and your mom or whatever, like that. So maybe that's sort of trying to hit, but I don't know what happens. So maybe it never gets brought up again. I don't know.
0: (gasps) Yeah. Graham's like, I'll never walk out at you or your mom. And Angela's like, and Danielle. And he's like, who's Danielle? (laughs) 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 Who?
1: She's like, do you want to buy some girl scout cookies?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can do a handstand. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Look at me. (laughs) Danielle's doing stuff. (laughs) All right. So we, we, uh, so as, as Alan referred to, um, Racine offers to drive Angela home, um, which I think most of us would have just said, no, I'll walk or I'll take the bus or something like that. But yeah. not surprisingly, I guess, with what we've seen, we jump to Angela's house and Racine is dropping Angela off at home. Of course, Brian Krakow just happens to be outside on his bike and he bikes over and asks, which I legitimately laughed when I heard this. He asked if if there's any car you won't get into. I said I would have <laughs> high five. I said I would have high five Brian for that.
0: Uh, I mean, I I wanted to get Arlo's reaction to that because
1: <laughs> Brian is such a fucking creep.
0: That's fucking He's funny. Just such though. a fucking creep. That is yeah. some funny shit. I think that if he was saying it to her as like a joke, right? Like if he was if he was clearly busting balls with a friend of his. Then I would I would say that's pretty fucking funny, but it's coming from a place where he's legitimately jealous and 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 oh, yeah, and, unhappy and, about it. and legitimately <clears throat>
1: accuses her of sleeping with every person that he sees yeah. her with for yeah. some reason. An as edge, if it's his, an his fucking business.
0: It. Yeah, and so that's yeah. the that's the part where where I'm like fuck Brian Krakow, like because he's he's actually not happy with her and wants to dig dig at her because of that.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like they yeah. You know, I, I guess I love, uh, they were good friends as a kid maybe or like somewhat friends and now they're not and it's like he still can't let that go But
1: well he just does it in such a creepy way uh-huh. I really appreciate Angela's uh, sarcasm in this moment she's like I live my life to annoy <laughs> you Krakow you're like my world <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Exactly. Krakow doesn't doesn't let it go though he says he's old and a teacher <laughs>
0: yep <laughs> there are no young teachers
2: yeah no Angela wonders if Brian thinks about anything besides sex and come on no nope. like, no nope. of course he doesn't he's a fucking teenage boy uh of course Angela doesn't like that and he said he just drove her home and they talked Brian says he has the right not to like him and Angela agrees which is an odd conversation I think but it's a weird thing to say like well I have a right not to like him fine. Yes, I guess. would be like, uh,
1: okay, why are you telling me that?
2: Yeah, like I don't give a fuck. Uh, like, yeah, okay, great, yeah. high five. See I can
0: like and not like who I want. <laughs>
2: yeah, that would that would be where she should just be patting him on the head. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Good for you, Brian. Here's a treat. So we jump inside the house, and Angela's parents—they're sort of having a conversation. They're saying things like, "Every fight's not worth fighting." You know, it's part of growing up about learning to compromise. I'm like, what the hell is this coming from?
0: Yeah, I, I was writing I did... these lines down, and then I ended with blah, 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 is what I wrote. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so when she comes in the door, the first thing Patty says is, are you okay? And I'm like, did they know that she went by herself to go track down this guy? <laughs> or, like, are they have they not seen her since they told her that... He lied, or like what?
2: Maybe they just Why stopped they... talking to Brian, and you should be pissed off after talking to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that.
1: I guess so. That makes the
2: most sense. Listen, <laughs> we know it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was weird, and they're like talking. But about I was talking, like, like she's like, here. "Are you
1: okay?" And it's like, like you let her just go to this weird guy's construction Trash site yard. by herself? The hell!
2: Yeah, so they talk about, like, compromising and not to compromise your principles, but you need to learn to compromise. And it's like they're talking about their marriage, but I don't know what the real relevance is with the word compromise in this. Maybe it's about, I mean, I don't know, about choosing what to fight for. I, yeah, it's like picking your battles. Like, you can't win everything, I guess, is basically what they're saying. So you need to sort of pick your battles. I feel like it was kind of a useless scene, but maybe, maybe it just sort of sets in motion the next thing. Maybe it kind of... Gives her a kick in kick in the basement and uh, <laughs> yes. gets her moved. <laughs> so we, like we jump to we to English class, which I can assume is the next day. They now have a new sub. They're pretty quick to getting substitutes in here now. I believe her name was Mrs. Jaff. And Arlo, you got anything about Mrs. Jaff? Not a ton. Not right. really
1: anything of, of major note. She was in Gremlins.
2: She's a lot of she was horror. The I mean. horror actress. I think I saw, but I didn't look it up too much. All right. So she is reading. And of course, loving Angela's oak tree poem, uh, she says it's concise. It has excellent grammar and impeccable punctuation, but it's tough to read with this footprint on it. So we're we're seeing that like she wants to know who wrote it. She wishes there was a name on it. It's kind of the opposite of everything that Racine cared about or didn't care about, or the things she cares about.
1: Well, yeah. and frankly, the the opposite of anything that I would want in an English class, personally. So in that moment I like kind of felt for the class. I was like, Uh going back to grammar and punctuation when you're trying to like
2: write. You know? And we're uh she's asking about who wrote it because there's no name on it and Angela isn't there. So um as we move to ripping off Degrassi and Caitlin, Angela is off printing <laughs> off her own copies of the band lit book to to hand them out for free to everyone in the school.
0: Yes. Which, like, that's a totally. big undertaking. Like, no one would catch you. You're at, you're, you're at a copier. You have to copy one page at a time, right? And she's. Well, co- in,
2: in high school in the 90s. So she's paying for that. Like, you're putting those dimes in or whatever it would be in the yeah. photocopier. Like, that's not free at that point. Yeah. Mm. You don't have a code. <laughs> no, definitely don't have a code. Yeah.
1: I feel like this was a tactical error on Angela's part. I mean, I guess the point is that she wanted to get caught and she wanted to get in trouble right. for it, she
2: but... wanted to win her battle
1: she could have just published an independent zine because zines Woo-hoo! were like a really big thing yeah, at that yeah. time.
0: Yeah, gets to the 90s, exactly. <clears throat> hello? Yes. To the 90s. And
1: Yeah, and that way, like you're not mm-hmm. actually distributing or reproducing the lit. You're just producing a zine that has yeah. content. So that's what she should have done. But I guess that's not the point because she wanted to get in trouble, so...
2: Anyway, I remember when I was in university and uh, I was I was a science student through and through through university, like my, my background, I have uh, you know, a science background. And uh, so near the end of my university, so up till basically fourth year, I could not choose my courses. So basically my courses were chosen for me or any of my extra courses had to be chosen from the science field. So I really didn't have a lot of choice. So when I got to fourth year, I wanted something that I thought might be a little bit easier to take like classes you hear that a little bit easier than have labs and stuff like that and i ended up taking a pop culture course which i was not ready for being a science student to just sit in a classroom and having no structure to what's being told to me some days we're watching like um an episode of some sort of television show and then we're kind of talking about like it was it was hard but one of the things we had to create was something like a zine so i thought okay i'm gonna be really i'm gonna try and be really creative so i created my zine and i printed it on a t-shirt I thought it was a uh, super edgy and trying to be into the English mind by uh, doing my work on the front and the back of a T-shirt rather than making a, a, um, a uh, like a, a regular book form of a zine. I thought it was like, oh, you can wear your zine. I thought this was really good. I don't remember what kind of mark, but I just remember being like, this is just not school that I'm used to. As being in this pop culture class, this is not. This is not me.
0: You, you still don't have these T-shirts, do you? Oh shit, I I don't know. I don't think. I I maybe. Let me make, make Not, copies of it and sell them. I, I yeah, sign them too, buddy. What year was this? Ooh.
2: Uh university would have been well for me university would have been the first really really early 2000. So maybe 2002. So it would have been like sub 41 rules, like things like that. <laughs> I don't well there was a structure to what we had to write about. It had to be about or at least that my focus was school life. I remember it was school life or something like that. I had to make. We had to make like a. I made like a um, uh, an illustration. Like I thought, I was like, man, this is holy crap. I'm being creative here. Did you I fist, got a good mark Did on you it, fist
0: pump yourself for doing it? Probably Barry Horowitz. My back a few times. Nice. Even better. <laughs>
3: All the arts kids in your class are like, who's the narc?
2: Who's <laughs> Who's <laughs> 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 yeah. this guy showing up to every class? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, uh, Angela's handing out these uh, books for her her uh, her, uh, her pirated lit book, and Brian confronts confronts her, who he thinks going to tell her to stop, but instead he agrees that even though he hates Racine and uh, thinks he's a complete degenerate, the school should not have stopped the distribution of the written works. So uh, he's there to help her hand it out.
0: I'm not buying it. He's like, I hate Racine, but I love that pussy. Like he's totally <laughs> just trying to uh, Jesus, score What points. do you say? Yeah, <laughs> I love the. Uh, prose and <laughs> poetry yeah
3: good safe crack out good safe yeah. you say
2: that time no nothing <laughs> so then mr dimitri comes out and tells angela that she is wanted in the office and that um brian said he's willing to come but uh dimitri said that unless he wants to go with her to the office he should head back to class to which he said he's in computer class or something that which
3: no you which know what he said say. He said, Where are you supposed to be? And Krakow just looks at him and goes, Computer. That's (laughs) like, I don't know if I've ever heard the class called just computer. It would be computers or computer class, but he's like, Computer. In all honesty,
2: in in early 1990s, maybe the school only had one computer. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: It's my turn at the computer. (laughs) 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 I booked this months ago. Got a cool
3: pipes uh, 3D screensaver.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yes.
3: Uh-huh. Look at it go. I can draw They're a I'd dick using some, paint.
0: So
1: going to play some Police Quest 2.
3: Oh.
0: Yes. <laughs> Cross country Canada. If I can answer those fucking quiz questions, Leisure Suit Larry.
2: Yes. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the world is Carmen San Diego, guys? <laughs> mm hmm.
3: Will I be a top ten comrade in Tetris? <laughs>
2: Keep playing. So we jump to the to the office. Angela's parents are concerned that if she gets suspended, it will go on her permanent record. And I don't really this permanent record trope that TV like that schools and TV uses is always just so funny because I don't know who's looking at said permanent record.
0: I mean, I always love how the the trope comes up in uh, in high school and you know whatever like anything with school in it. I would love to have a show with adults where it's like, you know, like in the office, for example, it would be great if like one day Jim got in shit because someone's like, uh, we pulled up your permanent record from <laughs> <laughs> grade 7, you know, but like, yeah this permanent record stuff is such bull, like it seems to only exist in the high school, in the, like, the television world Yeah, like, like I, does not Maybe, okay.
1: like, if you're trying to get into an Ivy League or something like that, like, maybe it matters more?
0: I'm gonna argue
2: no, but OK, <laughs> but maybe I don't know. Like, uh-huh. I don't think a great suspension in either grade nine or 10 is going to affect anything. But maybe well, it's I guess like if you're like, trying
1: to get into like a really, really, really competitive school maybe. or something like that, like and it's like down to the nitty gritty details when they I like I don't know. I don't the the college system in the US seems like cutthroat.
2: So her parents ask if um if she has to be the personal spokesperson, and she answers with, this is my protest. It's all I've got, and it's wrong to censor. So, I mean, she's she's picked her battle, I guess. She's willing to get suspended over it.
1: It's one of those things where it's like, well, I never thought about it before today, but now that I know about it, it's the most important thing that I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard of in my entire <clears throat>
0: life. This week, anyway. I mean, I, I yeah. like the fact that um, at some point very, like, you know, not like a few minutes before this, Um, Angela has realized that she's got some capital to spend when it comes to taking a stand and protesting and then decides to immediately spend it. Like, yeah,
2: it's like a kid gets five dollars for their birthday yeah. and has to spend it that afternoon. Yeah, it's
0: not like she waits a year for something to come up. It's like, oh, I can protest something. Fuck it right now. Spend me. Yeah. So as
2: uh, as we already had mentioned earlier, just before they head into the principal's office, Angela stops, or sorry, Angela's dad stops and tells her he'd never walk out on their family. So I guess I don't know if this is the nod to cheating and foreshadowing for maybe what will come. I mean, again, I have no idea. I'm, I think th- in the show,
0: it feels bizarre to me. This one, like, <laughs> largely <laughs> yeah. because like we don't have any sense that Graham's been carrying this thought in his head or that Angela has been carrying the thought in her head. And yet, mm. I mean, and I, you know, it's fine. Like it's not, I, I guess it's not weird that he says it, but from a, from a perspective of watching this show, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, well, it yeah. feels shoehorned in because <clears throat> I mean, it is comparing to what Racine did, right? Like he yeah. walked out on his
2: family. That's what the show's telling us, but it just seems like this wouldn't be the place to do it. Yeah. Like selling the principal offers. Yeah, but obviously Patty has no clue. And she kind of pops around and says, of course she knows that. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? So I guess we get that. It's like, why would you bring that up right now, you doofus?
3: Yeah. I'll never burn down this house with all souls inside it. And she's like, what? <laughs> uh, just saying. It's, that'll never happen, just, too.
2: Just so you know.
3: Just FYI. <laughs> no, let's go do it in the basement.
2: <laughs> no, really, in the basement. That's where we sacrifice people. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm. That's where
2: Zazu would like you to be sacrificed. So <laughs> yes. Mr. Foster, um, when they sit down in the office, decides he's not going to suspend Angela. Uh oh no, sorry. Uh, first Foster reminds Angela the the rules that that the lit about the lit, the fact that it was supposed to be returned to him, that anyone was caught with it was going to be suspended, and that she broke them all, including skipping English, and she mentioned also bio, which was much to her parents' dismay. <laughs> to, uh, To do this uh, photocopying, but Mr. Foster decides not to suspend Angela because of her previous record. So maybe there you go, Arlo. That's where that permanent record's important, I guess. Uh, It was isolated. He blamed Racine. He was causing a distorted view of right and wrong. Well, I'm not sure that maybe that may be a little, little far-reaching, and that this really isn't her. So in the end, oh, yeah. Angela didn't even win her battle, right? That's what, that's what she realizes. Like She went to bat, she tried to do this, she didn't win her battle because she needed to get the suspension to feel like this
0: fight was worth it. Oh yeah, like what I don't like about this, because this is then how it ends, right? Like They're just like, you're not about, suspended yeah. and everything is cool and like Angela doesn't seem upset about it. Her parents are relieved and there's kind of no blowback from this and I'm like what the fuck was the point of this, you rebel? Like
1: I mean, Angela is, def- is deflated by it, I yeah, would say. I, um, I read a uh, an opinion on the website, the AV Club, and I thought this quote was really um, kind of hit the nail on the head, which is, Angela makes a decision, stand up to censorship, only to find things have already been decided for
2: her. You
1: mm-hmm. don't really mean this, kid. It's the powerlessness of adolescence in a
2: nutshell that's what i was leading, like, yeah. finishing with yeah like it, at the end she realizes that even though she's told to be empowered her parents tell her that you like you have a voice uh, really at the end of the day how much it's of a voice do teenagers have it's just adults talking really
1: over helps. your head
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah and there's some truth to that like you see it in school right like we we tell students that you need to have a voice you know, but like, even though, you know, the backwards, like they can say whatever they want. But at the end of the day, like it happens in our school, our principal has a final say. So even if like we send out things to the kids and the kids all speak up, they want this being done. That principal doesn't want it. She just or they are our principal happens to be a female, but whatever. It's not her that's doing it. But the principal can just pretend they never saw that and do whatever they want. Like they don't have to listen. Like the teenagers really don't aren't really empowered, even though we'd like to tell them. They are so. I think this was
0: kind of true. I kind of like the ending. Yeah. So if you're a teenager Honestly. listening to this show, you can't do shit.
2: <laughs> well, like it's kind of true. That's my so-called life, right? That's yeah. what she's saying. Like, I, what is my life? Yeah. I can't even fight for what I want. So the uh, the episode finishes in the hallway. Um, her gingerbread poem is being recited again, but instead, it just finishes on one morning. She woke up. She woke up. So I guess this is supposed to be mean you know, a motivating incident maybe for the rest of who she is to become. I don't know. Again, I don't know where the show's going. Or maybe well, it's again, just a I cool think it's line kind at of a of of starting
1: episode. she's starting to see things more in shades of grey. Like yeah. as Mr Racine said, there's, you know, more than one truth yep. kind of thing. Uh, you know, just quest question everything which I guess she was already sort of doing in her adolescence at leading up to this, but maybe sort of Mr. Ossian has given her new language to put what she's feeling into words.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Thanks okay, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah, like, yeah.
1: And on <laughs> that,
2: like what does everyone think? Were there any thoughts about this episode? on um,
1: I mean, I think I already said it. There's things that bothered me about this episode and a lot of it was cringe. And I think, Alan, you really hit the nail on the head with sort of, you know, we couldn't see what they saw in Mr. Racine because it happened too quickly. Mm -hmm. And that made it hard to buy in.
0: Yeah, I didn't didn't feel the same inspiration. And I mean, again, you only have, what, 42 minutes to make it happen. So that's probably just... Part of the problem with television, but yeah, that that the students were this like the, these students were inspired by this guy like five minutes into the episode. So yeah, well, and maybe and we also had...
1: the problem is that we're we're all old and jaded, yeah. and our hearts are
0: <laughs> like
1: black when... and stone by now.
0: Yeah, like right uh, mm-hmm. I, when he was inspiring him at the start, I was like, ah, that fucker probably walked out on his family, and then
1: like,
0: yeah. Um,
1: we're all too old and withered to be inspired anymore
2: <laughs> Like having, having watched it a couple of times now Like I didn't, I didn't like the episode Like I, I hated the, su- the substitute teacher I thought he was like ridiculous I thought it was a caricature I thought the tropes that came in were very like Like again, Saved by the Bell type tropes Those sitcom tropes that you see for half an hour And then they never touch on again But I, I gotta remind myself when I'm watching the show I think we're supposed to be, or should be Watching it from Angela's point of view all the time And I think from talking about it today, I think the episode is a little bit better than I thought because we do see like, okay, this is more like her journey through this as trying to understand what can she fight for? Maybe she can't fight for anything and that's hard for her to understand. But as, as you said, she's starting to see the gray and seeing the gray is about growing up. Like everything can't be black and white when you're an adult, there are more than one truce. There is some gray. How do you live in the gray and how do you traverse that? And you know what? Okay. Maybe the episode did that.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, what I appreciate about the episode is it's it doesn't have a happy ending, it doesn't have like a typical ending, there's no aha moment to it, it's just, this teacher was inspiring, okay, it looks like he was kind of a fuck up, who knows, he disappears, Angela tries to do something, it doesn't quite work out, the end, it's like shit that happens, and it's fine, so I like that part.
2: Yeah. I think it grew a little bit on me the more like we sort of discussed it and parsed it a little bit more than I thought.
0: Like w- normally I would say for an episode like this, the idea would be make the audience stand up and cheer at the end too because of this what's happened here. Um, or maybe throw the fist up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that doesn't happen. And the episode, it's not like the episode tried that and failed. The episode never actually meant to do that. And, and I, I can appreciate that part.
2: Yeah, and there were some nods to other things. Like, I hope the fact that if she, quote-unquote, woke up, I hope this continues a little bit through the show. I hope there's more foreshadowing to the cheating because we've kind of mentioned how it's just – it's kind of only been there when it's been convenient to the show rather than always sort of been in the background. And maybe it will – like, again, I, I have no idea what's going on in the show. So maybe that continues? I don't know. So then maybe this episode's better because it's kind of setting some other things in motion. Like, Rayanne and Sharon sort of look like they – we're kind of coming to a bit of a understanding. Maybe that pushes. So maybe there'd be some things when we look back that were set in motion, but I don't know. All right. Well, that was, uh, that was um, episode six, the substitute. Um, Next week, we will be discussing episode seven. uh, Why Jordan can't read. I guess it's good to, uh, maybe we'll figure out why that is.
0: It's a two second episode. The writer appears on screen and is like, because he's stupid. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's stupid. He can't read. He's because he's illiterate. <laughs> yeah. And because he's...
1: I've already looked up a bunch of statistics about illiteracy in high schools in America, <laughs> oh, <okay>. uh,
0: <laughs> of course, uh, so yeah, you could look he, forward he, you know. to that. Yeah. But uh, what is the correlation between being illiterate and being beautiful, Arlo? Something what I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately,
1: unfortunately I
0: didn't you find, find any footage.
1: statistics on that.
0: Yeah, Arlo will read for him. It's okay. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> All right, so uh, maybe we'll send it around and say some goodbyes. Why don't we throw it out out east to our mending our mending boy, Mister Mister Teddy?
3: Hey, hey, uh, it's Ted of Say Wah Three uh, on the Instagram machine. So uh, yeah, go over there and uh, check me
0: out. Send your cards baby. and letters, everybody. Make Friends, sure letters your... thoughts and prayers yeah full address oh. and name and email address please <laughs> credit card number send it all banking
2: information <laughs> yeah
3: please. yeah that's yeah. right
2: <laughs> oh also his, check out his GoFundMe.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. oh and also if you haven't written in we're still taking in uh submissions for who would be your favorite substitute teacher <laughs> of all the guests on this uh, all the hosts on this podcast so send in your letters and a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's throw it all the way out to
0: Eugene.
1: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at A-R-L-O-E-S-C-O-T-T and throw it to Alan.
0: The podcast can be reached at Narbo's Podcast on Instagram. No, on Twitter. At Narbo's and Broomhead's Podcast on Instagram. Narbo's and broomheads at gmail.com if you want to tell us who you think would be what was it the best sub or I don't know what kind of hey, sub who would you Who would you want as a sub? Who would you want as, as a sub, a sub and who would you want as a dom? And
2: uh <laughs> yo, Who would you want to meet in the basement?
0: Yeah uh, and uh I'm Slip with Five Eyes or Slip and back to our host And I'm uh Folly T and
2: uh I guess we'll catch you all on the flip side. Thanks buddy Later See ya.
3: Bye Well I Just said I'm
0: going to get my love. To do my homework I would stay up late and dream about okay I would never get girls out
3: of
2: my house maybe I would I would walk around and got naked
0: well, do get caught my they won't make them so good, I
3: Let's go, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah!